Hi, this is Dr. Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. In this lecture, we're going to discuss how to build a virtual colonoscopy practice. There are many components involved. First of all, you have to have the right equipment, training, radiology support. You certainly need support from the hospital. You need some sort of cooperation with gastroenterology in your hospital or in your area. You need a certain amount of education and marketing. Also, you need some sort of quality assurance program. And then you need to be aware of reimbursement issues. First, what kind of equipment you need? You really need to have a multi-detector scanner. You should probably have a 16 slice or better. Some argue that you can do a reasonable job with a four slice, and that's probably true. But the better scanner you have, the easier it is, and the higher quality images that you will be able to obtain. It's unclear if there's really added benefit beyond the 64 slice, although certainly the faster scanners that are available now, like the flash, do have the advantage of being a quicker study and a shorter breath hold. So you really should have multi-detector scanners, really 16 or better, but you could probably do a reasonable job with a four slice scanner. You need to set up protocols that work for you. Make sure they're low-dose protocols. And in a different lecture, we discuss radiation issues. You might want to look at that lecture. But basically, you want to keep it low, 50 effective MAS or less than that. You want to aim for about a 1 millimeter slice thickness and reconstruct every 0.8. That's like the Akron study or something similar to that based on your scanner. And then you want a second reconstruction with either 3 or 5 millimeter slices to look at the extra colonic structures. And remember, you always need at least two positions, prone and supine usually. And you want to know when to add decubitus positions. You also would need dedicated CTC software, right? There are a variety of software, software packages from various vendors. You want to choose the one that fits your needs best and make sure the vendor offers adequate training and support, both on-site and some of them have training centers if you want to get a little bit more support. You certainly want to be comfortable with the software for your interpretation. It makes it much more efficient and more accurate. And then you're going to have to decide, are you a 2D reader or a 3D reader? What kind of approach or what kind of strategy are you going to use when you're interpreting these studies? I really think, in my opinion, that it's good to have the electronic insufflator. So I'd recommend if you're going to be doing a reasonable number of these to purchase the pump, the carbon dioxide you can get from your hospital, and then the tubing. It's really safer than room air. It's better tolerated than room air. And you get a greater degree of insufflation than room air. And there are plenty of studies that support this. And it just makes it easier, more efficient, and more reliable, and more reproducible from patient to patient. Certainly, if you are only doing a small number of patients, you could do a good job with room air. You need to make sure you're using the right type of tubing. There are a lot of different tubes out there, and that it's used correctly. Are you going to inflate the balloon? Those kind of things. Training is also an issue, and we have a different lecture that specifically addresses training. But remember, there are ACR practice guidelines for performance of CTC in adults, and I've summarized it here, but it's much more complicated than I have on this slide. You really need to go to the recommendations and see what the practice guidelines are. So basically, if you're a radiologist, you need to have some education in virtual colonoscopy, and then you have to review at least 50 cases by either a formal interactive training course, so that's one where you go, look at the cases, write down your answer, and then somebody reviews them with you, or supervision by somebody already trained who can serve as a double reader. So if you're in a practice where somebody already does virtual colonoscopy, then you could be a double reader, so they double read and give you the feedback or on-site correlation of CTC and colonoscopy. So for instance, I was a reader in the Akron trials. We did 175 cases where I had colonoscopy proof in every one. So remember, there's different types of training courses. There's interactive hands-on training courses. So you're sitting at a workstation with the same software that you use back at your institution, and you review the 50 cases, and then you get feedback. OK? 
Okay. There are other courses which are very helpful, but don't really meet the guidelines. So these are ones where audience response course. So when you're at the front of the, there's somebody at the front of the room showing the case and asking you a question and then you answer it. And those are really good to see a lot of polyps and pitfalls very quickly, but it's not, doesn't meet the training recommendations because you're not physically doing the case yourself on your workstation, but it's still very valuable. You can see a lot of things very quickly. Also, you need training from your vendor so you can optimize the use of the software and the application. So you should have training at your institution and there's vendor site training that really goes through each of those buttons to make your life better and more efficient by showing you easy ways to do things. Uh, academic centers also need to begin training their residents and fellows. Don't forget about the technologists. This is very different than what else they do. So you want to make sure that you have an interested one and probably a dedicated person at first so that not everybody's doing it right out of the gate. So you want somebody to be in charge who's familiar with the pump, the tubing, the positioning, familiar with the prep, can answer questions, familiar with the protocol, and know what to look for to make sure that the colon is well distended. Also, you're going to need support from your radiology department. You need dedicated CTC slots, right? Preferably in the morning because these patients will be prepped overnight and will be NPO. So it's good to have them first thing in the morning. Also, you want to have a radiologist available for real-time reading, especially if you're doing um, referrals to gastroenterology. So if you have it set up where if you find a polyp, they immediately go up to gastroenterology, you absolutely need a radiologist there to look at it very quickly. Even if you don't have that set up, you want a radiologist there who looks at the study before the patient gets off the table to determine whether it's adequate or not. And if a radiologist looks and says, oh, the sigmoid colon is collapsed in both views, then you need to get you know, a right lateral decube or something like that. You need somebody to check it. And also, you're also going to be looking for perforation, right? Any kind of free air. So you really need a dedicated CTC technologist, and you have to determine who's going to be putting the tube in and removing the tube. Is it a tech or is it going to be the doctor? Who's going to check the scans for adequate distension? Is it going to be the technologist? I really think that's really a radiologist's uh, responsibility because they're the ones who are going to be reading it. And also, who's going to make the decision if additional views are needed? So how much responsibility are you going to give the technologist? You need to determine and make that very clear from the beginning. It's really ideal that the ra radiologist be available during the exam. In some centers, I realize that may not be possible, and then you're giving the technologist more responsibility, which is fine as long as they're willing to take that responsibility. You also need support from the hospital. Most people eligible for colorectal cancer screening are not undergoing conventional colonoscopy or the other screening modalities. So really, when you talk to the hospital, you know, you say that CTC is an otherwise, in otherwise healthy adults represents new business. So this should bring more people into your hospital to be imaged. And then if they have polyps, they'll go to gastroenterology. If they have a cancer, they'll go to surgery. So it should bring in business for your hospital. You really should have a dedicated CTC coordinator, and this is somebody, could be a tech or it could be a nurse, who can answer questions from the patients, who could, you know, combine the prep kits and answer any questions about that and get it to the patient. So you really need either a trained assistant, a nurse, or a technologist. It could be somebody from gastroenterology if you're working with them, or somebody from radiology, but you need somebody who's in charge to handle the questions. You have to decide how you're going to do the prep kits. We assemble everything together. We have a dedicated coordinator, and then we FedEx it to the patients. I've heard other people work with the local pharmacies, and the pharmacy packages everything in a kit, and the patient simply goes to the pharmacy and gets that. Or some people put the kit together and have the patients come into the department ahead of time and pick up the kit. You certainly are going to need some sort of support from GI. So really comprehensive colorectal cancer screening 
including both CT and conventional colonoscopy, will benefit both gastroenterology and radiology as well as patients. And you really want to increase the overall screening. And so therefore, it would benefit both gastroenterology and radiology. And you'll see that if, if you set it up like this, the GI practice will then shift from typical diagnostic studies to more therapeutic exams. You really need to fit CTC into an already established conventional colonoscopy screening program. Somehow you have to work with gastroenterology to make that an option and decide which patients should go to virtual colonoscopy versus conventional colonoscopy. Ideally, it would be good to offer the same day conventional colonoscopy and polypectomy. So if you have a patient, you see a polyp, you send them right up and they remove the polyp the same day. Now, that's not always going to be possible patients on anticoagulation and everything, but otherwise healthy patients, you could do that. And you also want CTC available for a failed colonoscopy. So if somebody's up in the colonoscopy department, they can't get to the right colon, those patients should be able to come down right away and have their CT exam. And then you need to work with a gastroenterologist to come to agreement about on the polyp size threshold that you're going to be using and sending up to them. There's also a certain amount of education and marketing involved. It's likely that most of your fer- referrals will actually come from the general practitioner, so you want to educate them. They might not be too familiar with it because they've seen a lot of mixed messages in the literature. So you could do lectures, grand rounds, have a website or pamphlets available to give them the latest information and show exactly how the study is performed and how good it is. You also need to educate the public you know, with your local news station or seminars, websites, pamphlets, and show them that this is available at your institution. Once you start doing it, you need to have a quality assurance program. You need to track your rate for colonoscopy referrals. It should be somebody somewhere in the 8% range. You want to follow up when you recommend a conventional colonoscopy and see if you were right and what the pathology showed. Certainly this way you can learn from your mistakes. And you also want to keep track of your extra clonic findings, like how many people are you actually referring for other studies. Reimbursement is critical for success. Some insurance companies are paying. Different parts of the country, it, it varies even within the states. You want to check what your carriers, which ones are paying and what kind of referral that they need. Uh, most will pay for a failed colonoscopy, so it's easy to start with that group of patients. And remember, the Medicare decision in 2009 was not to cover for pure screening CTC. So in conclusion, setting up a successful CTC practice requires careful attention to technique and details. You need adequate training for the radiologist and the technologist is really crucial. And ideally, radiology and gastroenterology should work together and somehow incorporate virtual colonoscopy into their already established colorectal cancer screening programs. Thank you.